This podcast is brought to you by the Servo Workers that always remind you of the two for three dollar deal on chocolate bars, just when you need it most. How's it? Duncan Hyde, Jay Reeve here for Doffer Radio for a Monday here in New Zealand. Yeah, we're gonna we were gonna be really climbing into quite a substantial amount of um, a substantial amount of chat, but Dunk needs to shoot off and get himself checked out. It's been a busy old day here, and uh, he's come a cropper. He's gone legs akimbo off his motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bloody arsed up on the motorcycle today. Yeah, so for people that missed it, uh, give us a rundown on what happened. So we were, we had a, um, a, a photo shoot today for a whole bunch of billboards in Wellington. Not for our show, it's for the billboard arm of our, the MediaWorks business. So there's a radio arm and they sell radio ads and stuff and then there's the, the billboard. They sell digital billboards, so they're highlighting them where... Doing a bunch of wacky fake ads that are going to be going up around the capital. It was great fun. Yeah, it was awesome. And, and we... creative from Damien uh, Alexander Blindspot, yes. lead singer and creative genius. And it was good fun, but um, we were kind of uh, we were starting earlier than normal. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, maybe I was going slightly too fast. But anyway, it's going around a giveaway. Looked up and across from me, a car it was uh, had just been about to go, then had braked, and I was like, "Sweet, they're stopping." And then I carried on, and then they decided to go, and I was like, a bit of a panic break, jammed on the brake, and then uh, since it's going around the corner, the front just like straight away in an instant, so bang, and I was on the ground, and then skittle on the ground for a little bit. Had my key in my pocket, which has caused a massive hematoma, and just a little bit of um, blood on the elbow from it heating up, because uh, I was wearing mm. a leather jacket. Um, so relatively, uh, you know, unscathed. The night rod, however, has uh, definitely seen better days, but all reasonably superficial. Yeah, you, it's um, it is one of those things that happens. But you, you kind of, when you look back at it now, do you and you unpack it? Mm. Do you go, yeah, all these things that we talk about all the time, like wearing decent gear, you're wearing a decent jacket, so it saved your ass. Your jeans, your jeans weren't up to scratch. You were you crashed at a very low speed mm. and you chewed them. Mm. So imagine if you go another friggin', 10 kilos. Fr- friggin' frightening. So uh, I mm. think from now on I'll be wearing my Saint jeans, which are my like my um, uh, Dyneema lined ones. Yeah, yeah. those the, the the proper ones that I should be wearing. And I was actually wearing the wrong footwear, so I got a scot free there, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it rattles you though, eh? Yeah. I turned up and the, and the lady came out, came rushing out and was like, Duncan's been in a crash on his motorcycle. I was like, what? I just got a text from him. <laughs> I, was yeah. like, I was like, too much fucking happened. I'll just tell him when he gets here yeah. sort of thing. But anyway, good reminder, um, you know, to take it easy when you're on motorcycles. Um, so now I've got to go with my tails between my legs and take it back to Action Sports Direct and be like, sorry. They know about it, but i was just got to go and drop it off and yeah. get something else wicked. Uh, our good friend Amber Early, she is otherwise known as the Chaotic Blonde. She did pretty much the exact same thing, but, mm. uh, but quicker uh, on a road bike. And when somebody's heading out into traffic... And she basically looked down the road as opposed to waiting for that the traffic to be gone in front of her before checking yes. the traffic she was merging into. So she thought that this van was basically heading off, um, but it didn't feel that they could make the gap. So they stopped and she just assumed that they'd gone and she was looking the other way and just went bang, straight up their ass. <sighs> Happens more often than not. You just kind of take things for granted because you normally, you ride a bike like you ride a bike and you think that people are driving cars like you ride a bike. So you like keeps a room there and they're like, man, yeah, nah, not for a car. Nah, so I'll probably never see the person again uh, that was behind me. So, A, thank you for not running over me. Mm. Would have been a way shit of start to my Monday. Um, and B, thank you very much for helping me out. She helped lift the bike off my leg, so I sort of pinned under it a little bit. What a shit start to your Monday. Yeah. 
But great stuff, though. You're still here. Uh, you know? My mate Warlow actually um, crashed his Nissan Silvia when he was in sixth form because he was looking at a hot chick. He's <laughs> <laughs> like looking out, like wasn't even watching where he's going, just went bang up the back of someone else that was parked at a red light. <laughs> we used to go to school. We used to go to school with a bloke called, oh, he first and last name because he's an absolute champion, Eduera Tuhakaraina. Mm. And um, he had a Ford Sierra station wagon. Metallic brown. Sick. And in Mount Monganui, where I'm from, there's a lot of traffic in summer, uh, but a lot of off-roads that kind of go around the main strip. You Like every town, there's like a main loop that everybody does. Mm. And my sister and I were walking along, my older sister, who's friends with Edoeta, and um, and, and he was driving past, and I was like, hey, there's Edoeta. And she's like, yo, Edoeta. And he was like, oh, I had a look, and didn't catch us the first time because there's a few people, but then looked back and caught us and was like, hey, Bang! Straight up the ass of the car in front of them was turning to go down the road. Oh, no. And sister was like, oh, shit. What, in that situation, what do you do? Uh, go over and see if, you know, like it was a low-speed crash. He smashed up the ass of the car, poked his car, poked the car that was there. Summer holiday, someone from out of town, nightmare scenario. Do you walk up and go, hey, man, sorry about that, or just keep walking? We took option two. I reckon I probably would have yelled. Like, if you knew him reasonably well, I probably would have yelled at like, Shit driving, bruh. Unluggy ooze. And then, then carry on walking. Um, so that was my Monday. Weekend mm. was spent uh, winning money from the Crusaders. Won 1300 bucks after I put 200 on them to win 13 plus, which is unlike me. I've said many times on the radio show, I'm a shit gambler. So it was nice to get one of the blacks, and now I'm going to get the uh, my toilet um, tiled <laughs> with that money, the gambling money, which is quite nice. And won 100 bucks in the pokers on Saturday before the game, went across to the pub with my mate. Yeah, slapping the old bricky's laptop. How much did you feed in, though, for your hundy? Just was it twenty in? No, I cleared a hundred, so I put forty in. Yeah, and then pulled out one forty. Oh, great guns! Yeah, um, happy and, with that. So mine was a very old, unwholesome weekend, whereas mm. yours was very much salt of the earth Kiwi lad weekend. Oh, it's been. We've spoken about it before, but I'm very, very lucky to. I mean, and this is not something that's exclusively available to me by any stretch. A friend of mine, Andrew Kitchener, runs Adventure Hunting, which is probably an hour and a half out of Auckland. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a big game park, twenty one hundred acres now. Shit. Oh, uh, yeah, twenty one hundred acres, big, big block of land. Mm. Uh, and on this is housed uh, fallow deer, red deer, white red deer, um, Arapawa rams, which are like a, an endemic sheep here in New Zealand, or an introduced sheep, which have now become kind of like our native feral sheep. They're very cool looking animals. Are they the big curly uh, horned ones? Yeah, the big black ones, big black sheep. Real feral sort of looking mob. What do they taste like? Delicious. Yeah, Bloody okay. delicious. Uh, but we went out there, and he has, because it's uh, a game a park, I guess you call it. Um, there's management stags that need to come off, and obviously stags in the southern hemisphere are about to cast their antlers. And a lot of people go, oh, you're a shit human because you're going onto a park and you know the animals are there. Yes, we know the animals are there. It's, um, it's, you know, it's part and parcel of how he runs his business. But what people don't focus on is the fact that nobody else has put their hand up and is willing to, to teach me to go and hunt deer ethically, safely, and make sure that I've got everything that I need to know before heading out on this. Mm. And this is almost like like we do Ride Forever where we learn how to ride motorcycles properly. You can you can get a motorcycle here and you can ride around like a fuck like I did for 10 years and almost die a million times. Or you can do it the safe way, which is going through like a proper training provider. And so this weekend after last year filling the freezer uh, with a meat animal, learning how to shoot properly on a, you know, like a fairly high caliber rifle, shooting at 300 yards, hitting gongs in a range first and then heading out into the park and finding an animal and 
passing over animals and just watching them operate, you know, in the, in the wild setting that they've got there. Uh, yeah, we came across well, basically the animal that I was after, which was a 12-point white red stag. And it is just an absolute thing of beauty. It is a, It was a big... It is a big, beautiful beast. and How old would an animal like that be? About six years, six or seven years. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so what, f- a couple of hundred kilos? Yeah, two, f- uh, it was like t- between 220, 240 gutted out. Uh, its head was f- a massive, massive amount of timber on its head. So uh, a beautiful, beautiful animal, which we will end up once I get it back. Because with that, it, yes, I've got 60 salamis plus about, I don't know, maybe – Two, three grand's worth of meat coming out of it. Mm. So venison's like 19 bucks a kilo or whatever it is at the moment. Mm. Uh, and I've got, you know, massive back steaks, which would probably be a couple of hundred bucks a pop. Yeah. Um, so And then the rest of it that goes with it. It's awesome stuff. So managed to bump this, bump this big stag, um, got up on it again, and sort of, you know, army crawled into about so 200 yards. What does bump it mean? You scared it away? Yeah. So it was, it was hanging out with a bunch of hinds, which they don't at the moment because the rut's been – here in New Zealand, so they normally they normally hate each other when mm. it's on because they're competing for tail, and they're just you know full of just basically sex juice, ready to pump on. Uh, but now that that's all finished, they lose a lot of condition and they're kind of skinny and a bit runty, and then they kind of mob back up with their mates again. Yeah, these the little bachelor packs. But this one was hanging out with the hinds, and the hinds have just had fawns, so that they're they're a little bit skittery as well. All these things that I've learnt about going through the process, which I probably wouldn't otherwise learn. Mm. Um, and yeah, finally, finally caught up with it a couple of hours later. Walked about probably twelve k's in nine hours, um, and got this thing down to two hundred and ten yards, and pumped first first bullet into it. Just in behind. What's, what's two hundred and ten yards and meters? Oh, two twenties, like two hundred meters. Oh yes, yeah, so it's quite the distance. Yeah, solid. It yeah, was okay. a d- decent distance. Um, the gongs that we practice on are like 300 yards. So yeah, okay. inside of that is where I feel comfortable shooting, so trying to close it, yeah. you know, close that distance. And, uh, and Kitch, who was the guide, he was like, as soon as you're, as soon as you're comfortable and you think you've lined it up, uh, squeeze off on that first one, I want you to reload straight away. I was like, this is a pretty high-caliber round that's going to be you know, peeling through this thing. How big is the Like seven mil oh eight. So it's... Yeah, they look like basically look like your finger with a pointy tip, and so this thing went whistling into it, and it looked like I didn't even hit it. Just bang, soaked it up, and I was like, "Oh god, reload! Here we go again, same spot, boom!" And he's like, "Go again, reload, third time." Looking at it through the scope, and it slowly dropped its ass down and stopped. Just basically, you know, dispatched the animal within I don't know five. It seems like hours, mm. but he's like, "That'll be four seconds in between you lighting rounds into it." And basically, the first one had knocked the top of the top of the uh, the blood feed or the blood feed into the brain, so it went across the top of its heart, and then the other one went through its lungs. So it was dead before it knew it was dead, which is exactly what I wanted. I wanted it to be humanely killed, and then yeah, we gutted it out, took the took the organs out of it, heart, kidneys, liver, um, and then yeah, dragged her out, dragged her out to uh, to be butchered up by some just awesome. Like I just love meeting the butchers and them having a conversation with you about. Like I've got a relationship with my food for the last six years. It's been browsing on trees and tussock and lichen and berries and different grasses. And, you know, like I understand that there's a need for people to get food from different sources, but shit, I just wanted to learn how to do it. And it's, and I'm fucking into it. It was awesome. Yeah, meme. What are you doing with the antlers? 
So it's going to get shoulder mounted um, and taxidermied. Yeah. How are you going to do that? Yeah, big Sick. like a big boy. Well, it's like it's hard to explain because a lot of people haven't seen them because they are it is a it is a farmed deer but wild if yeah. it makes sense. So they are like a red deer, massive but pure white, like fucking you lion. See me a picture which, of it. It's glorious. Lion the witch in the wardrobe shit. It is unreal. These things look amazing and as a you know, to, to give the animal it's the respect that it deserves as well as, you know, nourishing, you know, a large number of families. Everybody that's that's in this building will, you know, will have a piece of that animal. Mm. Um, it, it also is a majestic-looking creature that deserves to be, you know, shown in all of its glory because not many people would ever get out there into the bush or into the land and see these things up close and personal. So it's it's about instilling that in people as and, well. And uh, what does that experience cost you? Uh, the, it'll be the shoulder mount would be about fifteen hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I'd say around that between fifteen and eighteen hundred bucks. Good. Yeah, the animal itself is kind of like a point system, so it can be anywhere between a thousand and well, mate, you can shoot up to a four hundred thousand dollar animal if you wanted to. Um, uh, but you know, it's a bit out of my price range. So there'd be in that around that two grand mark for this one because it's a you know it's a beautiful bit of kit. Amazing. Jeez, that's good yeah, fun. Yeah, I, I yeah. will have to get out there. I'll just wait for Dixie to go back to work first. Yeah. Oh, mate, it's it's amazing. And now, and like Kitcher said, he's like, I'm, I'm comfortable with how you operate a firearm. I'm comfortable you know how to take an animal down quickly and dispatch it humanely. Uh, and I'm comfortable to, to, you know, to see how you go out in public land. And like, I feel like I've caught, I feel like I've got the training wheels taken off now and I feel confident going out there, which is exactly mm-hmm. what I wanted. You banged a couple now. How good? Mm, yeah, it's great. It was really, really good fun. So thank you to Kitch Adventure Hunting. Check them, you know, definitely check them out. If you're a Kiwi or abroad, there's a bloke from Belgium flying in to spend the next three days out in the bush with him as well. Jeez, that's magic. The DNA test is out, Shadda. Jay and Dunk. Is not. For radio. Just a real quick one, guys. Latest scientists. Um, this is like some bit of science news. Basically warning that sperm counts are dropping so fast. Uh, that may end up having a big effect on mankind's survival um, and also our dicks are shrinking. This is Caleb, that was Jane Dunn, and this is not for fucking radio, eh? Cheers. Uh, why does no one else send us more of those? Do send yeah. one voice memo through the Rock Drive on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, you can end up having one of those. Caleb's the only one with one so far. Um, yeah, pretty grim news about the old uh, penis size shrinking. This we should we chat about the should we chat about the cricket and baseball stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, good friend of the show, Martin Guptill. Actually, do cricket today, baseball tomorrow. Okay, so quickly, quickly on cricket, Marty Guptill, been a good mate of ours for quite a number of years, um, and his wife Laura, who's also a broadcaster. For those that don't know, he's a black cat, plays cricket for our national side. Yeah. And uh, we were at dinner at their place last night, and he was—he's got this amazing picture of when he was heading out into the World Cup final at Lords, which is the home of cricket in the UK. Well, it's the home of cricket, bar anywhere. Like mm-hmm. it's fucking the home of cricket. Yeah. And I said to him, "Fuck it, photos on the piss," and he's like, "Nah, it's actually—that's a pitch at Lords." So the pitch at Lords. So imagine if, as you're standing on the wicket and you're looking down the wicket, yeah. One side drops off, like I'm t- not. I'm not talking millimeters. I'm talking like there'd be a fucking foot drop in terms of from why one side it, to why the other. Is it like that? Absolutely no idea. But I said to him, why don't they just fucking throw in a bit of clean fill, bring it back up? But that's how it's always been. Um, so, so if you're fielding on that side, you're walking up and down a hill all day. 
actual. So you'd be rooted. Yeah. I wonder if like there's um, people actually head out to one side knowing that those like, big seam bowlers and the fast bowlers out in the ropes are going to be just getting so tired all day. That's what I said to him. Do you, obviously, you're going to get an extra bit of run on from that, so you'd probably want to put a bit behind it. He's like, yeah, and it's not exactly hitting uphill the other way. It's sort of a bit flatter, but it just curves off massively. I couldn't believe it. The home of the home of cricket. Just on the, on the piss. Absolute piss. Uh, just, oh, and the sledging bit too. Oh, yes, let's chat about the sledging. Yeah, so no, don't mind me telling the story. Anyway, so um, uh, Guppy's wife... Uh, Laz was in a relationship with another cricket player who was in his team uh, mm. before being in a relationship with Gup. And one of the Australian cricketers found this out and so was in close while Gup was batting and was sledging away. And I'm just going, yeah, and we, what's going on? The missus back up in there with the old bloody old mate, eh? Just rekindling a bit of fire there. You're out here in the middle. You've been, <laughs> been a long couple of, you know, you, you're running down 200 at the moment. That's a long time away from the crease, if you know what I mean. Uh, and and so he he did, he's a very cool operator. Not much rattles him. He's yeah. very even keeled. But it kind of got into his head a little bit. He went back in and Laz said, what's going on? Told her. And she's like, oh, is that fucking right? All right then. So she... Being the uh, the journalistic broadcaster that she is, did a little bit of digging and found out that while they were actually on this tour, this Australian bloke's missus had a dalliance with uh, Noel Gallagher, and so oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. so well, here um, you go, yeah. So went back out, I uh, went back out after tea, and uh, and he was still chipping away, and Gup turned around to him and said. Uh, if I was you, mate, I'd shut the fuck up because not even a wire brush is going to clean up that after Noel Gallagher's been through it and then <laughs> <laughs> absolutely ended him. Oh, my gosh. All right, well, we might leave it there. I'm going to go home and get some ice on my hematoma and some uh, some bit of arnica under the tongue, I think. Got some arnica drops and that'll do probably fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. I'm going to sign off with uh, Airborne. I haven't played Airborne for ages. They're quite often compared to ACDC, but they're just pub rock Australians. This is no way but the hard way. Funny story about Airborne. Once went to a uh, dancing club with those guys when they were in New Zealand. And a dancing club. Oh, well, you know, uh, the Rippers. Oh, yeah. And uh, we were, we were there for like a fucking nightclub. I was like, are you fucking 70? Okay, Rippers, carry on. Yeah, and uh, so thus, we're all smashing purse. And then about one o'clock on a school night, we're walking down Queen Street in Auckland. And Joel and his brother end up having this massive punch-up. With each other? Yeah, they start arguing, and they're like, you always fucking say that, and you're rah, rah, rah. They've got some shit bubbling over, and they just start throwing punches, and I'm just like, do I break them up? Because they are brothers. Yeah, you got to let them go. I was like, anyway, lads, have a good night. And just jumped in the taxi and buggered off. Don't even know if any of them black eyes, broken bones, arrests. I don't know. Next time I interview them, I'm definitely going to be asking them about it. Are they still going? Yeah, they, they're big in Europe. They just crush the festivals over there. Yeah. But, geez, they could. They, I don't know how they're still going. They should be dead. They drink so much piss.
I assume they've eased up. Most bands uh, do eventually, otherwise it becomes the end of them, doesn't it? Hey, uh, we'll be back in tomorrow um, revealing uh, what it's like to die on the Not For Radio podcast. Um, It's been documented by a palliative care worker who has looked after lots of people that have died. Um, Also as well, we'll cover off the uh, particular New Zealand cricketer that had a little bit of a sniff around baseball in America. And the money involved. It's crazy. Like, even if you're shit. <laughs> Have a cracker. Whatever you're up to, we'll be uh, back on Not For Radio tomorrow. Paul Marty here. Hooroo.